Welcome back to the Stu Simpson Show podcast. And we're now in the fourth season. And to kick us off this season, let me tell quickly tell the audience a little bit about the season. Um, the, the first season was on creativity. Second season was all about spirituality. The third season was all about the Camino de Santiago. And now we're all going a little bit queer, darlings. It's all about LGBTQA. Uh, yes, LGBTQIA+. And today our special guest to kick off this season is Tony O'Connell. Hello, Tony. Hey, thank you for having me today. Do you like Tony or do you prefer talk or what? what, uh, what it's, are your it's, it's really, so, so, yeah, most people call me talk um, and there's a story behind that, but I, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. So, yeah. yeah, talk's fine, yeah. Cool, excellent. And, uh, and, what, and as it's the, I should sort of launch into the season properly, what is this, uh, are your pronouns? Uh, uh, he, him, yeah. Cool, excellent. So that, that's a big thing these days, isn't it? We have to we have to get the pronouns right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's important. Uh, cool, excellent. So you're here to talk about LGBTQIA plus stuff and what you do. And I believe you've also got an exhibition coming up because you're an artist. Uh, yeah, amazing opportunity. But I'm... Um... So there's a fantastic local gallery, Kirby Gallery, um, which is uh, in the Nosley Borough, uh, and they have invited me into an exhibition called Five, which is essentially five artists every five years. Uh, promotes yeah. Now, actually, weirdly, we've got six artists in our five this year. Uh, oh, excellent. He's an artist who's actually, uh, Roger is, is working on in the stairwell, and uh, his, his work is amazing, so it's wonderful to have him with us as well. Uh, still called Five, but, but actually technically the six of us. So yeah, the other where's that? So Kirby is um uh just just on the edge of Liverpool, uh, and it's a um it, it's a it's a very working class community. It's um it's often uh, kind of financial deprivation, and it, it's uh the central government really don't like Liverpool, and we particularly don't like small areas around Liverpool. Um, mm. So. Uh, I can't believe that the amount of work that they do as this kind of cultural gem they've set up, which has had Dagar and, and all kinds of amazing exhibitions on. Uh, and the, the, the woman who, who kind of organises that is a powerhouse, uh, Tina, an amazing person. And uh, gathered these artists together, really different practices, all, all very, very different. Uh, and we'll, we'll kind of, uh, are making this exhibition together. So yeah, really proud of it. Excellent. Are you the only um, LGBTQIA plus person? <laughs> Um, as, as, as I know, yeah. uh, because a lot of, I mean, I suppose my work is quite issue led and it's, it's quite about that. So, so that's, um, well, so we're looking at like, like, uh, Alan's work is, is very landscape based and it's, it's very rich and textural and dark yeah. and seductive. Uh, and then we've got like right to the other end, we, we, you know, we've, we've got kind of, um, Sophie, who's a real abstract expressionist. Uh, and it isn't, you know, doesn't to, to, to me look issue led, looks very much formal and, and colour, very you know, very vivid fierce colour. So in the middle we've got this this weird kind of um queer uh triptych of crucifixions which are, which are referenced from Bible imagery. Um which kind of all my work does really so yeah. Well we were both brought up Catholics, yeah I can see that. And if you've got a bit of Caravaggio going in the background so we're both massive fans of Derek Jarman. So yeah, we've got an awful lot in common by the sounds of things. Yeah. Um, so did you study fine art? I did. I, stu I studied sculpture at Staffordshire, and I'm a very inverted snob, and I, I wanted to, to go to Stoke Poly. Um, 
and have a very working class experience and and of course they changed all the names so so I applied to Stoke Poly and over the summer I got the letter saying you've been accepted to Staffordshire University darling so (laughs) (laughs) damn it no I wanted (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, no, I did mine in uh, in Carlisle, um, and but because I I I didn't get allowed into my first choice, I think, which was Manchester, um, because my work was too gay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, So it was it was all a bit. It was was too. I was like, so that was like early nineties. I was like, Manchester, really? Seriously, it's Manchester. (laughs) Around in Manchester at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that was a that was a that was a point. Oh no, sorry, I I tell a lie. It was Leeds, so that might make a difference. Yeah, notoriously yeah. um, straight Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> notoriously, absolutely. There's nothing nothing gay going on in the Leeds whatsoever. So, anyways, enough about me. Tell me how your story. How did you? How did this all come about? You were, where were you brought up and all that? What's your backstory? Well. I, uh... Obviously, you know, I, I kind of we mentioned that, that that we both kind of grew up Catholic, um, and that that was a. So you know, if, if I put that in the context of Liverpool, that that really means an Irish working class community, um, yeah. And I think I grew up quite naive, and I, I thought that the church was, you know, was, was necessarily a force for good in the world, and, and you, you get you get told that every Sunday, yeah. um, and then when when I realized when I read Leviticus particularly, when I realized that the kind of um, the, the strange obsession that the, the the Catholic Church had with people like me and why everybody was going to heaven except me. Um, it was a bit of a kick in the teeth for you know for a kid who mm. growing up under close twenty eight and Thatcher and you know, you know yeah. all kind of you know, I mean you, you know this that the on an equal age of consent and not allowed to join the army and not allowed to donate blood and not allowed to adopt yeah. kids you know all that shit was going on. Um, and and I somehow part of me thought well there must be this this moment of truth and goodness and compassion. So it's, and I imagined it was a church, and when it turned out it wasn't, it was it was a huge, um, a huge kick in the teeth, and it it shaped me in, in quite a dark way. You know, it kind of led to depression yeah. for, for a long time, and it was a very difficult period of. of it's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with, really, um, feeling rejected by by the idea of God, you know, by by goodness mm-hmm. itself, and and, yeah. and um, so that's what really reconstruct my life after that, and and it was very much uh, a working class experience again of going on marches and, and joining political kind of groups and, and thinking that, that that kind of worldly answer was was exactly what i was looking for and it really was um mm. uh, until i accidentally met a buddhist nun um <laughs> then that changed me completely again so, yeah. so um so, so yeah so currently i think the work is, is a is a heady cocktail of, of a kind of um socialism um uh a, a commitment to Buddhism and ritual uh, oh, wow. that means and you know kind of the underneath layers of things like um, it, it almost there's an element of performance art in ritual and I think it's fascinating that mm-hmm. we can tell stories or we can have a narrative context which is appeals directly to the emotion without logic in the way art does you know? um, and, and so I kind of hijack that so you use a lot of ritual in the work as well so don't don't just make the paint now like the painting I'm using at the moment, uh, I, I use, um, we donated this amazing set of materials by, by a woman who was an iconographer. And it was things like real powdered lapis lazuli and powdered turquoise and things that wow. were like semi-precious. Yeah. And, um, and they survived through 
an experience where we had Jordan covered with the landlords that, that we were using to store the stuff through all our stuff out and just end, end up in a skip in the rain. And, mm-hmm. um, and these jars of precious stuff somehow survived that. So, so I thought I wanted to honour that and use that in the current work. And the idea being that it was a precious thing, uh, I would mix it to make a glaze, you know, in the, in the way Renaissance painters would. Uh, instead of just using the material, I wanted to mix it with powdered frankincense and holy water and blood, and you know, mm. so, so that the meaning of the, the work was was a, wasn't so much what you could see. It was it was what yeah. went into. It, if that makes sense, it makes an awful lot of sense. So it's, uh, but we coming back to strange similarities. Um, when I was at university studying fine art. Um, my best friend in university at the time had, has since become a Buddhist nun. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, um, it's, it, it's weird, it makes a lot of sense, you know, it's kind of... So, well, again, there's an awful lot, I guess there's an awful lot, there's a lot of ritual in the Catholic Church, yeah. and there's also an awful lot of ritual in, in Buddhism as well, so there's there's some sort of, like, magic or, or idea of that sort of... Um, uh, there's the supernatural, which kind of comes yeah. comes into... And obviously the, all the theatre of the... Um, of the, of the Catholic Church and the theatre of, the, of Buddhism, and um, and if that's not going to appeal to a gay man, seriously, <laughs> so they've got the best it. clothes. Yeah. You know, have they not got the best costumes? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember going to a friend of mine got got ordained as a, as a vicar in the Church of England, and I went to his ordination, and it was it was got to be the gayest event I've ever been to. It was it was, it was, it was, it was full on rhinestones and sequins. It was amazing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, wow. Well. <laughs> El- Elton would have been proud. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's, well, there's all that going on, and I, and I kind of, um, I'm, I deliberately make work, this is weird, isn't it? So, so I've, I've been a Buddhist since 1995, and, and, but I still make work about Catholicism, and I, 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 the original language, the kind of, um, the language that you grow up with is, is the most powerful visual, I think, that you can, so, although, Buddhism it makes complete logical sense to me and, and is, is a compassionate, warm thing that doesn't reject queer people. I'm not really talking about that because it, cause I'm talking about what does reject queer people, you know, and I'm, 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 I want to redress that. So so I like to subvert their own language and I use saints and I, I use pilgrimages and I use offerings and I use... Um, I'll, I'll just I'll show you this. So this, uh, weirdly, this lives in our living room. Um, this is... Uh, this is a triptych. Um, uh, oh wow! Beautiful. It's it's on the uh, it's it's on cherry wood, uh, but they were closet doors, and I thought it was really interesting that these closet doors were. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. I made this uh, this thing for, for the the kids who were killed at the Pulse nightclub massacre. So so that's a, that's a, all of them uh, protected by saints. Uh, and that was I don't know whether you know you know that was a Hispanic night, so most of those kids were Catholic as well. Uh, and a lot of the parents only found out that they were gay when they were identifying the bodies. And it was a, wow. Uh, so, yeah, I cannot. Pardon? I wanted to make a tribute to them. And, and, and obviously, that's like. So, the work is, is, is clearly is political, but it's subverting religious imagery. Yeah. Reclaiming it a little bit. And um, do you think through your work, perhaps, that you've. Um... Managed to come to terms with your sexuality a bit and your relationship with with, with the church, not specifically God, but um, the ideas of, of the Catholic Church. Yeah, it's, it's really cathartic. I think. I mean, it's it's it, it started off as as a as a really, a really kind of um, 
secular, very secular, uh, you know, and, and I have to, you know, to, like Buddhism is, is quite an atheist tradition. I don't believe in a God. I don't believe in a lot of supernatural stuff. I'm not, I'm not interested mm-hmm. in that. Um, and I certainly don't believe in it as a justification for oppressing groups of people. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, so subverting that language, it starts off as a secular, um, fuck you, really. You know, it was, it was, it was the deliberate, um, I don't know, sorry, I don't know, I don't want to say that on, on your podcast. Oh, that's absolutely, <laughs> um, big world, it's not a problem. We don't have that many listeners. <laughs> you, you'll have less now. I've <laughs> yeah. had swearing before, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> So yeah, that 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 kind of how it starts off, and, and weirdly it turned into quite a genuine um, catharsis, but a genuine spiritual investigation. So that so the work when the work became about involved ritual, and I was you know I'd, I'd sometimes clean my brushes using using a mix of holy water and tap water. You know, so it's yeah. like I was each action was really in the way ritual does it put put me in a headspace, which was about doing what I was doing to the best of my ability. And there's nothing supernatural about it. It was it was connecting a set of symbols which which made sense to me in the way you would with any art actually, um, and and making them into something that that developed a language, I suppose. Yeah. Sorry, the bit of ADHD kicking in. Uh, I've got that book in the background, the Clash one. It's lovely. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, were you out at university when you oh, yeah. when you? Yeah. 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 So I was making. I came out. So I studied foundation, and foundation, as you know, is a one-year course, and it's funded for me. And I got away with doing it for three years because I just fell in love with it, and I, I couldn't yeah. get away from it. Yeah, and I didn't really want to go to university, but but I'd already come out. So the work had started to go in that direction on on foundation. Yeah. Um, by the time I got to, to university, it's very. This is like pre-Buddhism. It was, it was very secular. Very. Um, it was a lot to do with the, the failure to fund research into AIDS. Um, and how that was a, a, a deliberate thing, and how it, it, it was effectively, a, you know, like a, a holocaust. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, people yeah, yeah. being allowed to die because they were inconvenient for the government, and yeah, it's kind of Republican wet dream, really, wasn't it? It was just this thing that you can blame on gay people and drug users, and you can say it comes from Africa, and it's just yeah. everyone we hated. You know, we could just go, yeah, we'll just sit back and let everyone die. Yeah, yeah it was an absolute. It was a gift for the right wing, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you know, weirdly, just just before it hit, I felt like as a community we were making real progress, and I felt like things were getting a lot. You know, if you look back to the kind of music at the time, like the, we had people like Depeche Mode who weren't, you know, who, who were kind of straight-ish, yeah, yeah. who weren't leather skirts on stage, or you know, kind of you know, yeah. playing with all of that imagery and you know, master and servant and all that kind of stuff. But you also had like you know, Boy George and the Communards and Madeline and and all that kind of stuff going on as well, as well as disco and the house music and yeah. Frankie goes to Hollywood and he goes yeah, Hollywood. I mean, what a genius. Uh, um, yeah, uh, Holly Johnson, what a star. So, yeah, there was all that going on. And then, of course, AIDS hit, and, and you get this sense that everything's pushed back, and people are suddenly afraid again, and people consider mm. other people's sexuality as diseased or dirty or, or, or frightening. You know, so. Well, it, it absolutely, not, how, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? Uh, I'm 50. How old am I? I'm fifty-three. Yeah. I'm fifty-four this year. Coming, yeah. I'm just, I'm just a little bit younger. So when I, so when I was starting to come to terms with my sexuality and through the Catholic Church as well, I was, um, AIDS was hitting, and it yeah. was like that whole um, advert with the big, with the gravestone and everything. Yeah. Uh, at the same time as I was just like, I'm gay, um, and God is going to send me to. 
to hell for being who I am. Yeah. Um, trauma. Uh, oh, the, the trauma. It's just, it's absolutely horrible. So then, but then I was getting, so then the media was telling me that I was going to die a painful death and then yeah. go to hell and burn forever for something which wasn't my yeah. choice. Thank you. It was, it was absolutely, it's, it was just a horrible time to be a, uh, a young gay person um, and somebody who's sort of quite being an artist as well, being quite sensitive. Yeah. Um, but then the works of people like, pardon? You take on all that language, so the stuff that you've been, I mean, as you know, as you said, artists process a little differently. And I think you and I are both um, ADHD as well. So yeah. we, we were sensitive to rejection. We we we, we focus on detail. We, we get lost in, in, in big narratives and, and all of that is, is um, I don't know whether that you know. I mean, have you ever thought about, about this? Do you think the ADHD came first, or do you think it's 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 a, a resultant neuro effect? I have wondered. Yeah. I have wondered about it. I mean, I really, really don't understand which what which came first. If it was a result of the way I've been treated, or if it's a, but I mean, the science leads to it saying it feels more convenient um, for it to be part of the brain function. Really. Yeah, I'd rather not blame. The things that I've been through for the for the ADHD, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, but I don't know. I'm not a psychiatrist, and I'm not a neuro neuroscientist either. But all I know is my experience, and um, and to, to work to where I'm at. Uh, it's but it is interesting that we've both come through very similar things. Uh, and actually, that the interest that I think you've got a picture of Lee Bowery there as well. Is that painting Lee Bowery? Uh, that's the yeah, that's a, that's a, a, a painting. I was I was that's actually. Um... It's a it's a poor painting, but it's my partner. Ah, right. Teaching um, painting a while ago, and, and I had to learn how to paint. So I just I think it's interesting that we both had very similar experiences, but it, so the also the work and the music that we're both interested in are very similar. Yeah. So it's um because we're both northern working class. From a Catholic background, uh, yeah. artists who are neurodivergent, it's um, it's it's fascinating just to see. And the only the only big difference, not even a huge difference, is just about uh, about a decade um, in between. And that's not even. I think I see. Is that the Kirkabian journals as well in the background? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's by a bookshelf. Yeah, you probably got the same bookshelf. If you so, so, room, actually. <laughs> As, a, as an as an audio podcast, people will be going. He keeps going off topic from the things that she's looking at. It's terrible. <laughs> I put I put a, a wall of um, of assault behind me. So the thin white wall. So for the for the audience who are listening to the first episode of this podcast um, in a long time, because I've taken a break. Um, it's all. This is all very unprepared. We're both we're both neurodivergent, and there has been no prep or any questions at all. So. Um, we're making we're, we're winging it and it seems yeah. to be rather fun um so spontaneity <laughs> so what's happened what happens next are you i mean you're you're obviously i it seems to me you're very comfortable with who you are is it, has it taken a long time to, yeah, to yeah. get there yeah, and it's still i mean we talked a little bit earlier on about that kind of trauma and and the, the and it is a trauma. I think it's. I mean, his real term is culturally just trauma. So, a, a lot of LGBT people who've experienced. You know, I've got a friend who, who uh, was brought up Jehovah's Witness, and, and she she's had exactly the same experience. And I think a, a lot of us have, have had our world 
schemas or, or, or understanding of, of reality stripped away and we've had to rebuild it ourselves. So it's no yeah. one similarities actually because there's only a certain number of ways you can do that. You know, and and um and, and we're doing it. Yeah. Uh but yeah I I mean I am I think years of like I taught foundation for twenty years so so you, so you get to be okay at talking to people and you get to be comfortable with kicking mm-hmm. ideas around. Um but it doesn't I'm also still uh, I think really prone to to like bleak negative thinking when you know when something goes wrong I'll, I'll catastrophize and I'll, I'll yeah. think that's the end of the world and that's obviously a disaster and that's my fault and that's it. and and I think those things are programmed in if if you you know if you, if you're told you'll have a painful death and you go to hell you know, so, mm. you know, part of your, part of your reality really you know and, and you can't not make work about it. if you're being honest when you're an artist you can't not make work about it yeah. So, so that's what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah, I still wonder. It's I know it's interesting that feedback because it's um because as a, I'm a musician as well as a as well as a visual artist at the moment. But for the last few years, I've been mostly concentrating on my music and but the the music and the lyrics that I always go back to it's, it's things like Nirvana, the Cult, uh, not the Cult, uh, the Cure. Uh, yeah. It's all very kind of uh, Joy Division, you know, and um, Depeche Mode. It's all all that kind of quite dark stuff. Yeah. Um, and about the Catholicism has to play into that. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's, you talked about it's not being, sorry. This is not logical. <laughs> it's it's about emotion, and I, I mean that's that might be why we're artists as well, or creators, because we we deal in a language of emotion. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and you talk. So do you meditate every day as well? I do. Yeah. Um, and that that's um, if anyone you know, it's not part of a, a religious tradition. If anyone. Uh, isn't sure about it give it a go for six weeks and it'll absolutely change your brain you know it's, it's an amazing thing um so yeah I, I meditate a lot i was part of uh originally part of the, the kadam buddhist tradition which are just wonderful people and they, they got they got a really bad press and people said they were a cult and everything and actually yeah. i only met kindness and tolerance and there were loads of them, you know people in, in that, that sangha were all gay and loads of them were gay um my, uh, my friend who's the Buddhist nun, she's part. She's she's from the Kadapa tradition. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's an amazing. It's and it's it's a very um, very kind of clipped and logical in Tibetan. But then I moved over to, to the Western Buddhist tradition, and they they ran specific retreats. For, for, so it went on their gay men's retreat in in London, and it was a two dayer, and it it literally undid like years worth of nightmare. You know, in in two days, oh. I can't believe it. Like, yeah. So. so and everybody, it was such a, a kind of rich experience as well. There must have been about 15 men on it. And and everybody just swore we were going to keep in touch after it. Yeah. And of course, life moves on and you don't. But, but it, it meant a lot. You know, in, in that short space of time, it meant a lot. And it, it did heal a lot as well. So. Mm. Yeah. Was it part of was it some of the rituals which were part of the healing? Or, or was it meditation, which you think that might have helped uh, with the brain chemistry? It's both, I think. Um, the meditation was enormously useful and finding a context where, you, where you're actually addressing compassion directly and you're thinking about how can I improve my own compassion how can I see qualities in other people um, so it's not it, I think that you know like Catholicism a lot of the ritual is is is, is camp and glorious and, and, and visual and everything it doesn't actually hit you emotionally that much it doesn't you know you kind of go through these things and you see, see people yawn and everything you know um, but but within Buddhism, it has a it's a direct it's a tool you know for changing the way you think. So, so it's used very practically, very pragmatically, and and um, and I love that. So 
I know a lot of people who, who grown up Catholic couldn't do things like prostrations, which is where you, where you kind of you know you bow or lie down in front of a, a statue, and it sounds completely ridiculous, but it's incredibly calm and actually it, it just it it stops the ego like that, you know, and it, it it stops all the worry and it just puts you in a headspace where where you know I I know the statue is made, is made out of metal, I know it's not the Buddha in front of me, and and yet emotionally it is, you know, and that's much more real, I think. Yeah, because I, I I tried Buddhism for a, for a while um, because of my friend, um, but I've eventually I came to TM to Transcendental Meditation. Yeah. So I do that twice a day. I do it in the morning, twenty minutes, and in the evening for twenty minutes, yeah. and just sort of ha- it seems to really help with my ADHD as well. It seems yeah, to kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it does. So it's it helps focus. I think. So. Yeah. Weirdly, I mean, this I've often said, I teach a lot of life training at the moment, and the only thing that feels like. Um, Meditating is drawing. It's, it's, it's yes. The you, you, it's the same tuned in headspace where you, you you don't worry about the gas bill when you, when you're in the middle of making a drawing. In fact, you lose sense, you lose track of time a, a lot. You know. um, so if you're like, out drawing landscape or something, it's a, it's a very connected experience. So, yeah. yeah, time blindness isn't. It's it's really interesting, especially when it kind of comes to when you when you're making artwork. Because I mean, I I can start. I was we were myself and my partner were in. Um, in Italy and went to see uh there was a big ceiling anyways it wasn't Michelangelo um I can't remember the name of the artist but I was just absolutely fascinated by these paintings it was all it was very it was a Catholic church and I thought I was there for half an hour um apparently I was there on the floor drawing for three hours oh yeah no I can but I totally believe it yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like the time just gone um and it's but there's there is that meditative side of art which really which it comes easily as a child, but then it kind of gets bashed out of you as as school yeah. happens in the education system. And then you get the the rules of um, perspective and color and shape, yeah. and you have to get those things in in there. If um, and it kind of takes the joy. And when I meet other adults who say I can't draw, I'm like, well, can you put a pen on a bit of paper? Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. Well, congratulations. Keep going. You no, can draw. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how many. I mean, I think you, you've hit on something there. So this is part of my teaching practice that the. I often teach adults who've retired, and the amazing amount of, of, of adults who've retired said, "Oh, I always wanted to be an artist or some." And I, I have, you know, quite a large, um, it's, it's a lot of a lot of retired women actually, um, and it's it's often some some man who helpfully says early on in their life, "Well, that's not very good, or that's not worth doing, or don't don't carry on with that," you know? and and it spins your life in a direction where you get to retirement and you think, "I wish I'd done the thing I wanted to do." I wish I wish mm. enjoyed the things that I wanted to. I'm not saying that people don't enjoy their life without art, but it's amazing how many people come to it after retirement and go, "Now I'm doing the thing that I'm choosing to do, rather than earning money. I'm doing the thing I'm choosing to do." Yeah, it's a straight. It's a very very odd thing. I really feel as if I, for me, it's a double edged sword. Like um, art and music and creativity have kind of given me so much, but at the same time, it's also taken a lot as well. So, because yeah. I've tried to have a, like a proper job, um, yeah. and within three or four, this was, I only got diagnosed with ADHD about two years ago, um, and actually that made an awful lot of sense and stuff. So I wasn't able to hold down a proper job that would last three or four months, and yeah. then because so then I'd be coming home at the end of a shift and painting or drawing or writing a song till three or four o'clock in the morning, yeah. then having to get up at seven and then go back and do. So, so I'd end up burning out really quickly. <laughs> my pattern as well, yeah, and. Um... When, I mean, I have to say that the difference for me, when I, when I taught foundation, I did manage to do that for, for, well, just under 20 years, 19 and a bit years. 
And the reason why that was successful for me was because it was it was a playground of making art, and it was with a team of amazing creatives. Um, one one of whom one of the other lecturers there left and set up the independent art school in Liverpool. So that's what that's what I do now because I um, I will never have another boss. So I won't I, I reject that idea now because it became so corporate and so toxic and a horrible environment. All the lectures left, all, all of the, the artists left. You know, I think I think I walk past that building now, and I I probably know one person, maybe wow. two people in there. And there was a team of like you know, I I used to know over a hundred people in there, and everybody mm. just got sick of the thing that wasn't the, the creative aspect of it. It was all the form filling and all the the data yeah. justification and the funding and, and, and um, yeah. So art. tell us more about the independent art school. I've never heard of that. So so we, we set we set up. Um, so there's an amazing guy, one of the artists, Paul Gatenby, is, is, um, is from Five, is, is a friend, and we've known each other for a long time, and he taught at the college. And he first of all, he set up the, um, the Liverpool Urban Sketches, which was this you know, really kind of um, inclusive group of people who would meet up for free and go out and just draw the environment. And I, because of the degree I did, I thought they'd be, you know, yeah, conceptual sculpture, we'll tell you what proper art is. And they did, yeah. they were really, really, really lovely people, so... Uh, and a lot of them are actually are, are artists now for the independent art school. So when, when we set that up, we, we wanted to do something that was the fun of art college uh, and, and the chaos of it and the, the creativity of it and none of the nonsense because we've just seen how, how badly it goes, you know, when you when you try and make it a form filling exercise. And, and so so Paul retired last year from from the from the independent art school. Now we've got four staff and we've got got a website and we. we uh, we're delivering sessions left, right, and centre, and it's probably we were doing we're delivering sessions for Kirby Gallery and Urban Sketching, and that, I think that that might be one of the reasons why we got invited because they already knew that our work was that we were very committed to what we were doing and very serious about it. Um, so yeah, that again, just to go back to that exhibition, it's it's such a, those artists, um, each one of them is really different. Alan, Natalie, Paul. Uh, and it's top Roger there as well, and, and uh, Sophie, the, the abstract painter, all of them are amazing artists. So I feel really like I've got a bit of imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I'm in the room with proper artists now. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the, the irony is that they're probably in the same boat and in the same headspace, kind of going, I'm in the room with proper artists. And oh, everybody, yeah. so many people have, especially with artists, we've just got that insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's weird, isn't it? Because because we we I think if we like if I was to be a, a, a stranger and to and to see my work and I'd never seen it before, I'd go, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's, it's fair enough. Yeah, I understand it. Um, but yeah, somehow when you're making it yourself, I think it's it's we have, and this is particularly maybe in your division thing as well. But um, we we have an idea in our head about what it's supposed to be like, what, how, how perfect it's supposed to be, and we never quite scratch that itch. And if we did, we'd probably stop making art because we'd have done it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah. with my practice, I got to a point, um, just the way that I paint and draw a long time ago, I've not done any performance art for a while, which I would like to do because I've got, I've got like a queer project in, in London, musical slash art thing called Big Boys Camp, yeah. uh, where we do performance art meets music. Um, and yeah, and we're both from sort of Christian backgrounds and it's, it's really quite experimental and fun. Um, oh, damn it, I've lost my point. <laughs> What was I saying? Oh, I can't see inside your head, so I'm. I'm, I'm ah! <laughs> so 
So I'm talking about arty things anyways. Um, oh yes, my process, That's what, that was it. So I kind of, I, I, I've even, I've come to a starting, my starting point generally is that it that there isn't an end point in mind. So I don't have an idea what it's going to look like. So I kind of like, this is where for me, where um, my background, because I, I consider being a priest and all that sort of stuff, yeah. the Catholic faith and, um, and through all that type of thing. So the process uh, of ritual and all that sort of thing, I get into that headspace, that meditative space, yeah. and kind of just let it flow. And, and sitting by the end of it, I'm like, oh, that's what that's supposed to be. Um, and sometimes music happens like that as well. And I kind of, for me, for, for me, that process is um, that takes off an awful lot of pressure, but it also adds to the, the imposter syndrome thing as well. Because yeah. <laughs> of the yeah. other artists that I know are just like, kind of like, I know exactly what I want to do. And that's how it should be. And if it doesn't turn out, then that's not perfect or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, the thing that, that stops, you know, loads of people when it comes to life drawing classes, they, they'll, they'll say, you know, well, well uh, you know, I want the drawing to be perfect. And like last night, it was really snowy and horrible here, you know. And, and people came out when they could have stayed on the couch, and it was already perfect before they'd even put a mark on the paper. That was it, that was the, the perfection they needed. Ah, brilliant. So, 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 whatever happened after that was it was just a bonus, really. But and I understand that from a teaching standpoint, but it, I still, um, it, you, I think emotionally, you still have a certain thing in, in your head. And, and sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'm actually really satisfied that it couldn't work. But I, I, if I'm honest, I know that if I'd had another six weeks on it, I would have still been painting. I would have mm -hmm. kept changing and, and kept altering and kept adjusting and kept adding. And and it makes me think maybe there is no end point. Maybe the end point is the deadline, and that, that's all. That's the only end point yeah. you can play. Yeah. yeah, this is. I, I think I, I, when it comes to my paintings and drawings and stuff, I normally it's a feeling I get. It's, I, I go, oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's it. There are there have been times when I've not listened to that and I've continued and I've, I've fucked it up. <laughs> because yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wish practical art was like Photoshop where you can just press go back and a uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing that you do. Or life, actually. I wish life was like that. <laughs> but so, uh, that's, that's an interesting point because I sometimes think that, that, that musically and artistically, I love work where you don't, where the mistakes kind of, the imperfections make it more perfect. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It's like Nirvana's probably my favorite band of all time, yeah. and half the th Kurt didn't know what he was doing half the time. He was an artist in the paint there yeah. and all the rest of it, and had issues obviously. Um, and I just I love work where people don't know what's going to happen, and they, and it's not perfect. And there's something about that which kind of um, the exploration of life, which you yeah. don't get with Photoshop and life and uh, and, and AI and all the type of thing, it's because. That's the human element. That's the the spiritual element, and that's why work like Derek Jarman just resonates. Even the stuff he did on Super Eight, because it's still technology. But... Yeah, got got all the Super Eight books there as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's that chemistry, you know, it's like literally literal chemistry with light and the chemicals on a film, um, yeah. and how you can't predict those sorts of things. So it's the it's our connection of who we are as people and where the conduit for some sort of um, something unfolding in the universe. Yeah. I think you can have a, you can have a conversation with your materials instead of trying to force your, you know, what you, what it must be. You, you, you open with an opening gambit and the materials open, well, we want to do this, you know, and, and you kind of end up with something in the middle. But um, yeah. when I was teaching, I used to, well, teaching foundation, I used to have a, a, 
a Picasso quote on the wall behind me, and and, um, and it, it said something along the lines of, um, "If you know what you're going to do before you do it, what's the point in doing it?" And 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 I think what what he meant by that was was like the the process itself is is the is the action, and we find out the result of it by doing it. We we can't go from point A to point B and miss out all all of the the journey in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. Well, I hope eventually one day um, you and I could probably do this pilgrimage to um, to Derek's house in Dungeness. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. That's, part of, that's part of a settle. Like I, I, I went to I took my mum to San Francisco years ago and um, and got got over before we lost her. And um, she she was always a hippie and she she'd done without. She had had no money for, for all of her life. And I took her to San Francisco and I wanted it for her. And when when I when I, I got there, I thought, all right, do some work. Because you're you're in, you're... so I went to the, the Harvey Milk Memorial and made prostrations and offerings and made laid out bowls of water and incense and everything. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I was I was I was making prostrations in the rain on the floor and all the San Franciscans were coming out the the, the, the station and just kind of going, yeah, because because it's San Francisco, you know, and that that was okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I started doing pilgrimages. So yeah, one one day if we get the chance to to go to Dungeness and, and make offerings of lapis lazuli at, at Derek John. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gold leaf with something for him or whatever. <laughs> I could see if um, if my friend Kel wants to come along. Kel was the the one of the sisters of perpetual indulgence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was um she was also in Big Boys Camp for 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 a brief moment, right. but now she identifies as a woman. Um, it doesn't feel as if Big Boys Camp represents her anymore, which is yeah. okay. We're still, 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 still really good friends, and hopefully she might want to come to the Dungeness and relive some of our youth. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah we know one of the, the sisters of perpetual indulgence up there, Saint Jez Dolan, is, is an amazing guy. And he ran the workshop a while ago during the, the Jarman show in Manchester, and he, oh, wow. he the relic rebuilding workshop. And as soon as I saw it come up, I, I was I must have harassed him every day, and I was messaging him all the time saying, "When's the day for that? When's the day for that?" And, and as soon as they released it, I booked onto it because I just thought I can't. A Derek Jarman exhibition relic rebuilding workshop. It's like it's it's built for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Excellent. So, if people want to see more of your work, uh, where can they look? So, at the, at the moment, I'm 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 archiving a lot of sketchbook uh, on Instagram. So that's under uh, John Barleycorn and John Barleycorn Reborn when they when they messed that account up. Um, so uh, yeah, that that's um, that's about sketchbook, which is a really important part of my practice and. and Kind of log on journal and recording ideas as a, and you you and I both know that the the brain is hold, struggles to hold on to things. So if you if you pour it into an external hard drive in a in a bound book and you pretend it's one of German sketchbooks, uh, then it, it feels like the right right way to do it. So yeah, I've shelves and shelves and shelves of other things. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've run out of room for them really. Um, but yeah, that that that's that's kind of the main thing I do is, is, is sketchbook rather than the finished outcome. So those. Um, those Instagram pages are about that, and they give an insight into kind of what I'm doing and why. But I do record finished out finished outcomes on it as well. Yeah, yeah send me the link. I'll, I'll put them in the description. Yeah, so people, people yeah. follow all that. And where's this exhibition of five on at the moment? So five on uh, from the 22nd of uh, January through to the 30th of March at, at the Kirby Centre, which is, which is Kirby Gallery, um, and it's uh, it's a really really good gallery. It's um, it's quite a modern building, and it's on one side of it is the library, and the other side is is is, is the gallery. And and as I say, they've got, you know, people like Quentin Blake and really amazing kind of uh, 
uh, and there's they, they, they had the likeness of things on a while ago, which was uh, some really kind of influential Liverpool painters that I, I taught taught lessons about, and there they are exhibiting there. Um, so yeah, it's a real privilege to work with them. Amazing gallery, and I'm, I'm so proud to be with the artist somewhere. So yeah, amazing. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, and you said you wanted to give a shout out to somebody before before we round things up. Yeah, so, so we've got um, really, just, I mean, just I suppose just just to the gallery and to Tina for for this amazing level of help. I mean, there's a lot of times when her and and, and Joe have been sitting desperately trying to do admin and catch up, and you know, with local government funding, we know that's going to be a tricky thing. And there they are sitting doing the work, and they'll let me come in to add like a little bit more goldly for. So, so they don't treat the artists they work with as a distraction at all. They treat they treat them as like part of the the, the experience. So, so for them, but also you know for, for like Natalie who's, who's who's amazing and 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 Paul who, you know I mentioned earlier on set up the, the independent art school with me and Alan who's the landscape I wanna I wanna buy but I've got no money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Sophie is 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 great and a, a, the vibrancy of a colour is remarkable. So, so all all of those artists who who shown with me, it's, it's I'm just really proud to be with them. So I just want to honor them a little bit. Excellent. Where can I get some gold leaf? Because I've got like some application paint I've been given from a friend from Big Boys Camp for and I want some puts up. So if you've got any tips, where yeah. can I, where can I get gold leaf? I'll send you a link and I go off. I, I got I actually got mine off eBay and it's absolutely brilliant stuff. It's it's a small set. Um but it, but it's 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 real. It's not like a, it's not a fake gold leaf. It's real gold, um, and it's because well, uh, it's, it's small sheets. It's easy to, to apply. It's easy to handle. And it's, yeah, I've learnt a lot by using this 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 set. And so I'll send you that link when I get off. Excellent. Yeah, so I think one of there's a couple of paintings which I've done slightly sort of iconicy recently. Yeah. So that could do with a little bit of gold in there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been wonderful. Thank you. I know we we kind of like waffled and we found out a little bit about each other and a bit more about art and how our processes are extremely similar yeah. um maybe we could collaborate someday oh yeah oh, oh totally yeah <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll look for the crazy disciples out there so <laughs> yes i do like a pilgrimage so because i did i did the camino de santiago last year um uh, yeah before um yeah it was a it was quite a quite a thing yeah that's yeah that's one that's on my bucket list uh it is really fun. So, well, I suppose it, it makes sense to say namaste. Namaste, yeah, yeah. I salute the divinity within you and all your listeners. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much, Doc. It was absolutely, it's been, it's been wonderful. And enjoy the rest of the day and the rest of your life and your heart. Sancha, cheers. <laughs> Lots of love. Bye.